0: Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond.
1: I'm your host, Melina Weisskop, in for Steve Lance tonight. The latest on the U.S. jobs market. How is President Biden reacting to the May jobs report amid soaring inflation? And what's his response to Elon Musk, who's now saying he has a super
2: bad feeling about the economy? NTD's Iris Tao has more. Employers added 390,000 jobs in May, according to the latest jobs report released on Friday. That's robust job growth, but also the slowest month in more than a year. President Biden says it's a sign of a steadying economy.
0: We aren't
3: likely to see the kind of blockbuster job reports month after month like we had over this past year. But that's a good thing. That's a sign of a healthy economy.
2: The unemployment rate remains at 3.6 percent, slightly higher than before the pandemic hit. The labor secretary says there's room for more employment.
3: So even with inflationary pressures that we're seeing out there, uh, people still need jobs and they need good paying jobs.
2: This, as Biden admits, things are overshadowed by inflation.
3: And there's no denying that high prices, particularly around gasoline and food, are a real problem for people.
2: But as he vows to tackle it, warnings are emerging. This week, J.P. Morgan's CEO said this about the economy.
0: It's a hurricane. It's,
1: we, right now, it's kind of sunny. Things are doing fine. You know, Everyone thinks the, the Fed can handle this. That hurricane is right out there, down the road, coming our way.
2: And Reuters just reported that Elon Musk told Tesla executives that he has a super bad feeling about the economy and needs to cut 10% of Tesla jobs but Biden brushed off Musk's comment.
3: Lots of luck on his trip to the moon. I mean,
2: I I don't, I mean, you know. Musk has also warned in recent weeks about risks of a recession. Although Biden did not directly mention fears of a recession, he said he's confident that efforts to tame inflation will not come at the cost of other gains. Reporting in Washington, D.C., Iris Tao, NTD News.
1: And to break down this latest jobs report for us, we're happy to have on the Chief Financial Analyst of Bankrate. Greg McBride, Chief Financial Analyst at Bankrate, great to have you on the show.
3: Great to be with you, thanks for having me. All
1: right, Greg, first let's talk about your take on the latest jobs report that just came out today. Is this good news or bad news for our economy?
3: Uh, I think it's very definitely good news. We continue to see consistent job growth and even though we do expect a slower pace of that, we just haven't seen much of a downshift yet. So a lot of consistency and uh, job growth widespread across a variety of different sectors. Uh, it's, it's not all just recovery from jobs lost early in the pandemic. There is job growth taking place, professional and business services, for example, a category that there's actually 800,000 more jobs uh, now than there were pre-pandemic. So you know, we, we, we're seeing a good mix of of growth uh, and recovery. And, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of working our way back to those pre-pandemic levels on a lot of fronts.
1: Now, Greg, the administration is saying, is warning the American people that they could expect to see less job growth over the next couple of months. And he, uh, the administration is saying that this is a good sign because it means the economy is slowing down. And that's a good thing right now to fight to slow inflation. How do you view this message? And is it a solid one?
3: Well, from an economic perspective, uh, we we are going to see slower pace of, of job growth. Um, the cost of money is going up uh, and and the you know, just there's this is not going to be as much money sloshing around the economy because of tighter policy and that the idea of that is to slow the economy and, and reduce demand and bring inflation down. Now, part and parcel to that is we will see a slower pace of job growth. Uh, We only need about 150,000 jobs per month to keep up with population growth. So uh, when we've been uh, running at three and 400,000 month in, month out, uh, you know, it's definitely soaking up all the slack and we're at the point now where we have two open jobs for every unemployed individual. So that's a gap that uh, even the Federal Reserve themselves has kind of pointed to as a gap they wanna close. Mm
1: Do you think Americans should feel confident about the economy right now? We know the Federal Reserve is in a tight position to cool off inflation without tipping us into a recession. How do you think things are going and how likely do you think a recession is at this point?
3: Well, the recession talk is more around 2023, uh, or maybe even beyond. It's not 2022. Uh, There are some solid underpinnings of the economy right now, and and most notably what we're seeing in the labor market. Uh, Labor market does tend to be more of a lagging indicator. Uh, So we will see the economy slow. We will see slower job growth. Um, but 2022 is still going to be a year where we see the economy growing, we're seeing more people working. The risks of recession really start to go up next year because that's when the cumulative effect of tighter monetary policy is really going to start to take hold.
1: Now, Greg, some of the economists I've spoken with about the, um, the job market here, they've told me that the job labor force participation rate has kind of been lagging. What have we seen in this most recent report? Is that still the case?
3: Yeah, it's still lagging. It inched up a little bit, but we're still about a full percentage point shy of where we had been uh, pre-pandemic. Uh, still almost a million workers that are on the sidelines now that had been in the workforce uh, prior to the pandemic. And so uh, for what you know, varied reasons, uh, whether it's early retirement, uh, caring for relatives, or just not wanting to be uh, exposed to the virus, a lot of people moved to the sidelines early in the pandemic and just haven't come back. Despite volatile financial markets and a very robust labor market.
1: How old do you think it will be before we see pre pandemic level labor participation rate?
3: Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure we'll get back to that exact level um, simply because we will see a slower pace of job growth. Uh, the economy, uh, the pace of growth in the economy will cool. And uh, as I said, next year, I think that's where the risks of recession go up. And so at that point, uh, we're not going to see that gap closing anymore. I just think that it it adds a little bit more urgency to seeing that gap close this year simply because as the risks of recession go up, we're unlikely to see further progress on that front.
1: Hmm. Now, I want to end on something, uh, just your personal thoughts being in the financial world. Biden made some bold comments. He he just said that the U.S. is well positioned to overcome inflation and that our economy could grow faster than China's this year. And that hasn't happened since about 1976. What are, you, what are your comments on this?
3: Uh, well, that's more of an indictment on China's economy than it is necessarily a feather in our cap. Uh, U.S. economic growth is expected to to slow this year. Uh, We've we've seen a very rapid snapback from the the pandemic. Uh, China, on the other hand, they're still grappling with that and that they've been shutting down large sections of their economy. And so that disparity between US economic growth and Chinese economic growth really kind of stems from that. But we do have a strong labor market. Um, Consumer finances came into this this year of, of more volatile markets and higher inflation better positioned than had been the case just a couple of years ago, having more savings, having less debt, but we're already starting to see those reverse. So inflation's very definitely taking a toll on the finances of American households, particularly lower and middle income Americans.
1: All right, is there any other message you want to leave our audience with today?
3: I think that covers it.
1: Okay, thank you so much, Greg, appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. And inflation is here to stay, at least for the next year. That's what we've heard from many economists that we've spoken to, and it's possible to see prices rise even more, because it's also unclear if inflation has reached its peak. Here to discuss, we're happy to have on the Senior Vice President of the Bipartisan Policy Center. Bill Hoagland, Senior Vice President at the Bipartisan Policy Center, thank you for joining us today.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: So, Bill, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen admitted that she was wrong to previously call this inflation transitory. What are your thoughts here? Did things appear transitory at first and then they changed last minute? Do you think there was always signs that we would see elevated inflation? What are your thoughts on this?
0: I think it's always very difficult to anticipate uh, uh, the events that uh, at the time they talked about it being transitory at the time they made those statements. We did not have the invasion in uh, the Ukraine, uh, so I, I think it's I think it's fair to say that there, this was likely to be uh, the elements of fiscal policy, the stimulus uh, packages that had been pumping into the economy. I think it's fair to say that it was unlikely to be transitory. The question was just how how long is transitory? Was it a was it a year? Was it two years? And so I think right now we're looking at something that clearly because of events that have unfolded. Uh, uh, particularly uh, COVID not totally uh, behind us, uh, the invasion in Ukraine, I think it's likely uh, that this uh, inflation will continue to be an issue for, uh, for the next uh, several months, if not into, ne- into next year.
1: This also tallies with what some other economists have told me. They say that we—it's unclear if we've seen the peak of inflation, and that since the inflation is is outpacing wage growth, that we could see elevated levels for a much longer time. Is this? Are you agreeing with this, Bill?
0: I'm agreeing with this, and I'm agreeing more specifically. Yes, the, uh, uh, the Federal Reserve Chairman's favorite uh, metrics—the PCE, the Price Consumer Index. Uh, is uh, ticked down slightly last uh, month, uh, but it's still very elevated relative to where he wants it to be. And so I think we're going to see continuation of inflation, and particularly as it relates to the elements uh, of food and energy. Those are not going to go away anytime soon. Uh, I always like to point out that, uh, that there are things that the Federal Reserve cannot control in terms of raising interest rates. They can control demand But uh, we still have to eat and we still put gasoline in the car and those issues are going to continue to be major elements for the average consumer out there is going to continue to see inflation, I think, in the food sector and in the energy sector well into next year.
1: Now, Bill, you've worked in decades in the federal government analyzing economic policy. I saw that you also worked in the Senate, also helping to analyze some of the money flow and their financial, uh, the financial situation there. I want to ask you about Biden's proposed solution. So he's called to pass pieces of his Build Back Better bill as a way to lower prices. Um, but considering the main cause of inflation is excessive government spending, what is your take on this proposed solution? Do you think it will have an, an impact?
0: Well, number one, I noticed that in the uh, president's uh, op-ed piece in the Wall Street Journal earlier this week, that he talked about the successes of lowering the deficit at the same time, Uh, so that it's kind of a a betwixt and between. it depends where the investments are. If those investments are things that will create long-term productivity and growth, that should have a beneficial effect, not in the near term. This is going to take some time, but increasing productivity long-term is a key uh, with long economic growth to lowering inflation overall. Uh, but uh, just simply a stimulus and more stimulus, such as we had back uh, early on in the administration, and quite frankly, in the previous administration, those that over that stimulus created a upward demand, and as, as we know from the supply shocks that came along at the same time, that created this uh, situation we had today with the high inflation.
1: Okay, and I'll uh, leave, leave our audience with this. Uh, so what's your advice, Bill, for how Americans should be coping in these uncertain economic times?
0: Boy, this is a very good question. I think most importantly from my perspective is to be very careful. Be careful in terms of your purchases. Uh, uh, make sure that these are purchases that are essential right now i do note that the savings rate has come down dramatically so people are spending money uh but i do think you have to be very careful about um, how you invest your money and where you spend your money and not to suggest you shouldn't continue to spend, stimulate and and spend money it's just a simple be very careful and uh, put pencil to paper make sure your revenue your income and your outgoes are matched. I'm an old uh, budgeteer who believes that uh, fiscal policy that's not only applied to the federal government, it also applies to families, farms, universities, schools, businesses. I think keep your spending in line with your revenue.
1: All right, thank you, Bill Hoagland, Senior Vice President at the Bipartisan Policy Center. Great to have thank you. you. Thank you,
0: thank you.